Very good. Well, we're talking with Jonathan Everson, a novelist who's just written uh, Small World, and it's no small effort. Jonathan, uh, sweeping is the word I noticed in the, uh, the write-ups on it. Uh, th- this book is uh, it's, it's a fascinating book. Um, what what uh, led you to this? Now, you, this is not your first book. You've written a number of novels. Um, how long has this taken, the, the small world? Has that been in the works a while? Uh, you know, I've actually written two books since then. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I've worked fast. Uh, uh, very good. I, I, uh, I, this book was sort of hatched on the eve of my 50th birthday. Um, I really wanted to swing. This would be my seventh published novel. I wrote a gaggle of unpublished novels in my 20s and 30s that never came to anything. But uh, with this one, it was the eve of my 50th birthday, and I think it kind of lit a fire under my butt. It's like, I really want to swing for the fences on this one. I had written a string of, of very nice novels that were I'm very proud of, but they were the last few had been smaller in scope, more character studies. And um, I really wanted to, I really wanted to challenge myself with this book. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to take a, take a shot at this big sweeping great American novel. And that's, that's one of the things you want to tell people about is they were not familiar with it, but may want to be uh, pick up a copy, uh, but it's, it's really involved with American history uh, and moves around from past, present, chapter to chapter you you keep the reader moving yeah well i mean i wanted to uh i wanted to tell the story of america and 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 i i so i wanted to cover you know i decided to do this in a way rather than just chronologically go from the beginning to now uh i i just chose two eras that i thought were I, I, you know, one, one, an area of, uh, one, an epic of development in the, in the mid 19th centuries is, is the, uh, is the transcontinental railroad is being, uh, you know, uh, planned and, and, and eventually, uh, built and then, and, and just sort of the modern moment in America and, 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 and have these two, uh, two epics sort of conversant and, and, and just kind of let the reader sort of look like, you know, just, really the big question I wanted to ask is like, you know, has the American experiment made good on all its promises? And when we talk about the American dream, you know, how much of this is this romantic mythos we've uh, created and, 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 and how much of it is just not true. And, 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 you know, what, what painful parts of our history do we really need to accept and acknowledge once and for all? Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, a small world, uh, you know, you, you get into things like the gold rush, California gold rush, uh, which, you know, the, these are points that people will know about, but you really explore it in a, in a very interesting fashion with uh, some of the violence that occurred in that era. Um, slavery is, is, is involved here in this show, in this show. <laughs> it might be a show. Well, Have you hope. thought about that uh, in terms of um, somebody taking a hold of this? Sure. But yeah, you know, just in you know, little flights of fancy now and then if it happens, it happens. I, I try to, you know, I just try to control what I can control, you know. I can and see it, it as, a, as a, especially with all the streaming that's going on now. Uh, you know, I think they're, they're always looking for new, new uh, materials. So this, this could be interesting. I would uh, love you, that. Did you, um, you mentioned you've, you've been a writer for some time. Uh, was that what you, when you growing up, you wanted to be a writer, a novelist? Uh, what was your thought at the beginning? Since third grade, um, third you grade. know, oh. yeah, that's when I decided, uh, you know, it, my, 
my sister was my primary caregiver, my oldest sister, because I, I was the youngest in a child of five. And so my mom had her hands full and, and my sister died uh, in a freak car accident mm. on, on, on her 16th birthday when I was uh, four years old. Mm. And then my parents' marriage dissolved. And so uh, we ended up, my mom, my mom and the remaining kids ended up moving, uh, you know, 900 miles north to Washington from the Bay Area. And um, because of all these outside forces in my life at, at that time, I was kind of at risk and uh, not doing very well in the classroom. I was a distraction. I was probably, I mean, nowadays they pretty, probably, you know, I'd be popping Ritalin probably, but uh, <laughs> my third grade teacher really kind of saved my life because she saw that I had an interest in writing probably because I just wanted some escapism at that time, but she really encouraged it. And, and uh, to the point where um she would just let me sit off in the corner and write what I wanted to write. And uh, she got me into this thing called the Young Authors Conference in uh, third grade, where they actually published my children's story. I think it was Seattle Pacific University. So my first story was actually published uh, at the age of nine. And then <laughs> and then nothing for 30 years, you know, like seven unpublished novels, 400 stories, nothing yeah. but rejection. But like so it was sort of an auspicious beginning, but I, it was something I never, I never let go of because it's, it's, it's just who I am. It's how I process. I'm like biochemically sort of off the charts manic. I have a lot of energy and, 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 and the work has always grounded me. It wasn't always about becoming a famous writer or even being published. It's just the work itself. And so when you approach it like that, uh, it, it, it's not a thing to fear or doubt or, you know, it's just something I need to do, you know? It's like uh, athletes often talk about trusting the process. I trust the process of writing. Oh, now, when you were a, a young man and doing, you know, writing these stories, what were you doing? Were you, were you uh, just simply writing or did you have a day job? Oh, good heavens. I've had every day job. I telemarketed sunglasses. I've, uh, I've sorted rotten tomatoes for the United Grocers. I've checked gas meters. I've worked as a landscaper. I've worked as a caregiver i've worked in every possible restaurant job you can think of i've worked as a delivery driver i've worked as a delivery walker on foot um like uh, a vast array of jobs which have really served me well you know i mean they say write what you know i say use what you know i like to write outside of my personal purview because i want to become a more expansive person and and writing is about exploration for me but like having all those jobs really has come in handy because every job has a you know, a very specific nomenclature and a very specific, you know, specific stuff you only know if you've done the job. So like I've had a book about caregivers. I've had a book about landscaper where, you know, that's, that's the, you know, so yeah, no, I've always, I mean, the sadly writing novels is the best money-making job I've ever had. <laughs> you know, I mean, that didn't say much. Well, now let me ask you this as a writer, you mentioned you've done two books since Small World. Uh, so as you say, you're, you're a busy guy and, and like to write. Have you thought about COVID-19? Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I imagine we're going to get a just a wide array of books, novels, whatever, as this thing evolves. But I mean, with all those experiences you have, you have had, I would think you'd be able to plug into that pretty well. 
Yeah, I don't. Um, in terms of being topical, I like to do it in more of a subtle way. I, I don't want to be the guy that writes a novel where everyone's wearing masks and, uh, I, you know, this is the Lone Ranger. Is yeah. right? <laughs> no, too soon, I guess. I don't. It's funny because, you know, I do write about I mean, uh, uh, self-isolation has long been a theme for me because uh, just generally a staple of my writing because of this idea, you know, we're born and die alone. But like, we are completely dependent upon communities to thrive. So, I mean, it's sort of always in the work, but um, uh, yeah, I try not to be, I, I, I don't want to be so topical with the subject matter of my books that it's, I risk being on the nose. You know what I mean? I'd rather, mm-hmm. I'd rather let the reader connect the dots in that respect. And also, you know, I think a lot of artists probably would just prefer escape. You know, it was a good time for escapism. You know, it right. was a it's a good time to escape into a, a, a fictive world that you have some sort of control over. Um, so I, I would say I had the perfect. Uh, I mean, writing is the perfect occupation. I think for for somebody who's. I mean, we were in isolation. And we have a cabin up in the Olympics. Me and my my three kids and my wife and my nephew is with us too. And uh, my mom part of the time, too. So we were a pod of like seven people in this property up in the Olympics. And it made it a lot easier, I think, than people that had to live in an apartment in a city where you look out your window and it's like the world just looks changed. There's nobody on the street. There's nobody. There's no traffic. I mean, we're just out in the woods in the mountain. We're usually pretty self-sufficient out there. We didn't see people all the time. The difference was having our groceries delivered and things like that. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for the work. I'm very grateful that I had kids to occupy my time you know and putting their mental health first and sure. foremost really gave me focus we're talking with jonathan evison the author of small world and a book that jumps uh through time really about a, what 100 170 years of, of american history when when you wrote that um because you go from different characters in different times and chapter to chapter um do you did you write it like that or did you write singly stories and then break it out in other words each one of these stories has its own could be could have been a little mini book yeah Uh, how did you do that physically oh well they they definitely for me they had to become um they, they had it had to be done organically uh, I don't think the book works if I just write them separately and, uh, and, right. and and put them together because the book, it really depends on that connective tissue. And, and the only way to create it, um, like I didn't even write, I didn't even stick to each air. I mean, the book, pretty much how I wrote it, there are six mm-hmm. or seven characters that didn't make it uh, mm-hmm. because they, they just they just weren't fitting into the larger whole. Well, they're some of my favorite characters, but they just didn't they, they weren't coalescing with the others in in, in, in a harmonic way like i needed him to be it's kind of like a big orchestral piece and like mm-hmm. maybe the oboes were a little shrill here so they had to go <laughs> kind of thing uh um so yeah it, it, when you work organically like that it you, your unconscious mind leads you to so many opportunities and then the work does too on the page to so many opportunities to connect when you have a cast of 20 characters and you want the reader to be able to track them um you, you need to figure out as many ways as possible to 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 keep the other characters that are off the stage in the reader's consciousness for hmm. periods of 50 or 60 pages where they're not going to appear so that they don't have to keep, you know, I never wanted the reader to go back. Okay, where am I now? I never wanted them. I wanted them to fluidly move through this. And, and so, you know, you develop a system of connectivity and some of it is genealogy. Some of it is geographical. Some of it is thematic. 
Uh, some of it involves actual, actually these characters crossing each other so that even when the character is not, you know, the central focus of a, of a, of a chapter or a movement, there's, there's, there, there, there needs to be ways for the reader to still be aware of them so that they can connect this puzzle so that they can see the larger picture. Is there going to be an audiobook treatment of uh, Small there World? Are, William Demerit already did it, and what I've heard okay. is awesome. He's great. Uh, great. I, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I've listened to some samples. He's got a wonderful, warm voice, and he, he seems to have treated the material good. It's always a little weird with the audiobooks as the author because it's like you just hear one voice, and <laughs> they never the you know they ne did never. Did I write sounds, that? <laughs> yeah. Very good. I sometimes go back and pick up the books and look at it and go, did I write this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure of that. Well, we've been talking with Jonathan Evison, the author of Small World. Jonathan, we thank you so much uh, for your time and good luck to you. I know you're uh, going to be busy today talking it up with everybody. Um, what's what's next for you? You mentioned other books. Um, what's coming out next for you? Well, I just wrote a feature screenplay because I needed something to keep me busy called Grimm and Barrett. It's, a, a, it, it's a, about the sort of uh, attracts the lives of uh, two dentists in a, a failing dental practice. And then uh, I have a Western that's finished called Last of the Californios, but I don't think that's the book I'll publish next. I'm, I'm working on a book called Again and Again, which is a, uh, it's, um, it's, an, it, it's, it's, a, it's another big narrative, but it's a, it revolves around uh, reincarnation, uh, oh. the, the many lives of one characters throughout, it goes all the way back to, ninth century Spain with the Moors and it, it hops all over history and stuff, but it's the, the main story is grounded in an assisted living facility and outside of Bakersfield. Wow. Well, we'll stay tuned for that. Jonathan <laughs> Evison, we thank you so much. And yeah, uh, thanks good, for having me, Steve. Good, good luck to you. And uh, once again, the book is small world, everybody. Thanks again, Jonathan. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.